Welcome into 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and as always, I'm excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here on the show. And I'm going to dive deeper into the Colorado Rockies starting rotation because I've talked a lot about them in kind of broader strokes over the last couple of weeks, particularly mentioning that with Antonio Senzatella going down, that really changes the dynamic of the, the team moving forward. But I also really felt like what we saw out of these starters over the last couple of days in this series against the New York Mets was indicative of a lot, kind of where they stand, what we're looking at, what we're thinking about in terms of this team. For anyone who's still left wondering, you know, uh, about their immediate future and who hasn't totally given up on them. And I assume those are the the people listening to this podcast. I don't know why anyone would be listening to a regular Rockies podcast at this point if they've completely given up on the team. But, uh, you know, for the, I mean, obviously for this season, there's just nothing there, right? And so that's why I'm already looking into the future. But while, while examining what's happening right now, and so let's begin well, let's, as, as one of my favorite Alice in Wonderland quotes goes, let's, let's start at the beginning, at least of this series, right? And let's begin this conversation with Ryan Feltner, who is an interesting wild card in all of this. I've said a lot about how there are, there's essentially the three guys at the top who are supposed to be the anchors, right? There's Marquez, Freeland, and Senzatella. With Senzatella out, that really leaves Marquez and Freeland as the guys who have to be your anchors. Then there are a bunch of these question marks with Senzatella out, Gomber a big question mark moving forward, and a lot of the top prospects, Peter Lambert, Ryan Rollison, Chris McMahon, Helkris Oliveras, all having various injury issues. Who can step in there if anybody? We've seen at times Chad Cool as the fifth rotation guy pitching above that, but now he looks more like the fifth rotation guy. Jose Arania for a minute there looked like he could be a potential interesting answer to that. Last couple times we've seen him, not so much. Ryan Feltner is an interesting conversation to have, right? Because he's got some great stuff on him. He's really developed better raw stuff than I had realized when looking at him as a minor leaguer. And he was never a top prospect and didn't come with all of that pedigree. And his numbers were never phenomenal, though they were at times very good. And when put in full context, especially when he was pitching the PCL, pretty damn good. But we've seen the good and the bad, haven't we? Now, going 4.2, three earned runs, only a couple of walks, and hanging in there pretty darn well against this Mets team, good sign. But it's also, again, indicative, right, of that extra thing. He, You got to get that third out. You got to find a way to go your five innings, preferably six, but at least five at this level and, and in the modern game, right? But he did keep the damage to a minimum as a guy who's getting his first real taste of big league baseball. There's potential there more than I thought coming into this season and and certainly you know as I go into the offseason and I start thinking about analyzing the team and ranking guys and and how do I I see the Rockies pitching depth stack up he's going to be a lot higher on that list than I would have thought but do I think he's ready to step in 
and be your starting, you know, and, and if he's your fifth guy, right, does that mean that Chad Cool now has to be your fourth guy and that Austin Gomber has to be your number three? Right, that is the kind of domino effect that we're dealing with here in the aftermath of the Antonio Sensatella deal. I think it's possible Feltner could blossom into that. And he could even be better than that. He could be a solid number four next year. But right now, still with the 587, is it? Yeah, 587 ERA. You know, we, we see him struggle to get through lineups the third time, which is common with young guys. And something that I do think he can put the pieces together there. So like I said, I, I have a more positive projection now on Ryan Feltner than I did coming into the year. Uh, you know, I'd like to see a couple more really strong performances out of him. But I'm glad he's getting this shot. And and at least he's healthy, right? The, the old best ability is availability. He's getting this chance because those other guys weren't there to take the baseball. And, and he's making maybe not the absolute most of it. He, he's certainly not blowing down the doors making it go, wow, they've got to you know make this guy a part of their future. But... He certainly presents a lot of interesting options, especially if by some miracle, you know, other guys do get healthy and end up being really, really good or the Rockies go out and do something in free agency or whatever. Feltner, I think, makes a really interesting candidate with his high-end velocity and movement in the bullpen where they're always going to need help. So I think they've got something here in Ryan Feltner, and I'm excited to see him pitch the rest of the season. And when you see games like that on, was that Friday, Thursday? Um, you, you know, you see him battling and you see him hopefully learning. I feel like I see him learning in these games uh, and, and there, there may be something there. So game two on Friday night, right? I got to remember how these uh, first game was on a, on a Thursday, four game set. And, and you've got Chad Cool, who has basically evened out to what I thought he was going to be at the beginning of the year. You know, just over a five ERA at 517. He goes Five innings, three earned runs. He he does, right? He gets that third out. And there's, oddly enough, a big difference between being able to finish that fifth inning, uh, keep your team in the game. It's not even a quality start anymore. But in modern baseball, with the pitch counts and the, the bullpenning and, and just all the numbers that show, just guys aren't going as many innings anymore. Five really has become kind of the standard for, you at least got to get that to say that you, you hung in there and you gave your team a chance, right? And, and despite the fact that that ended up being a, a relatively high-scoring game, that's a good start from Chad Cool. If he's your fifth guy, five innings, three earned runs, more often than not, is acceptable in this day and age. Of course, Chad Cool has had to be a lot more than that for the Rockies this year. He's been their best pitcher at times, uh, you know, and so, and, and obviously, you know, with the shaky bullpen, Behind him, you're you're not going to win a lot of those games. And with the offense that, and and obviously the Rockies made a made a run at that one. It was a seven six ball game, but uh, they they had their opportunity. But it, it just feels like every time they get that momentum, right? Of course, they they score three in the eighth inning. They're they're going to give two right back in uh, the bottom of the eighth and and get walked off on. And it's just 
absolutely brutal way to, to lose a baseball game. But as we've talked about, the wins and losses at this point matter a lot less than the individual performances. And I very much like the idea of bringing Chad Cool back on another deal similar to the one he's already on uh, for precisely this purpose. I think he's mostly pretty reliable. He's not going to be a star. I think because of the fact that, you know, he didn't continue at that blistering pace that he started at, that means he's going to be a very reasonable price. And you can bring him back uh, maybe a couple of years instead of leaving him on a series of one-year deals, but maybe you do two years, but for the same annual average value of just under $5 million, maybe just over, whatever, bump it up a little bit for the security. And a guy you know is not afraid of Coors Field, and, and it at least provides your rotation with a floor, right? Because at the very least, you need those types of guys and you're going to have to go out and find some improvement, I think, somewhere else. Uh, but yeah, a very reasonable, acceptable, a very Chad Cool start, wasn't it? It was a, a very Chad Cool-like start. And I think that's the kind of thing you can expect for him. And that's going to account over the course of a season with a handful of ugly Coors Field games in there to a 5-plus ERA. But a guy who isn't losing you a ton of ball games on his own and who's keeping you in quite a few that a better team with a better lineup and a better bullpen is going to win you more of those games. And I think that's a good thing to have. So you move right along to game three and more indicative of where we are and just a little bit better of a start, right? Kyle Freeland, rough season, better as of late, tough outing here, got into some trouble, got out of some trouble, not all of it. It's kind of Kyle Freeland at this point. Uh, the five innings, so again, he gets his five. Two earned runs, so just one less than cool, on the four hits. And he's lowered his ERA to 488. So he's sub five. Hooray! Right? <laughs> the things you, you cheer about with Rockies pitchers. But again, showing us a lot of that classic Kyle Freeland ability to battle, ability to work through traffic. He's going to give up some. He's not going to be perfect, but he is going to figure out a way to get his five innings and keeping the keeping them to two earned. You know, again, giving your team the chance to win the ball game. Now, the Rockies don't score any in this one, so moot point. But kind of like I was just saying about cool, right? In if you're trying to project forward a little bit here and saying, hey, look, this this offense, this bullpen has gone completely haywire. It's just there's nothing you can do about it right now. But if you project the, the starters moving forward, this is better. This is a lot better. It's not perfect. It's not, you know, there was a time when Freeland had the ability to dominate a game like this. And he's got to be able to get back there in, in certain regards. But this is the type of pitching. And obviously... It's now driven home in today's game, the, the biggest one, the reason why I decided to focus on this, the conversation. Marquez goes out and gives you seven innings, one hit, zero earned runs, five strikeouts. So it's still been a little while since we've seen him do the total, total domination thing, but this is pretty damn close. This is the Hermen Marquez that has long had people like me saying there could be a Cy Young in his future. He's got tremendous stuff. Is a really, really good lineup and uh, an extraordinary team this year. And for him to go out there, seven innings pitched, no earned runs, just the one hit, uh, remarkable. 
absolutely remarkable stuff from Marquez. And it shows us that it's still in there. And so, obviously, he's the most important piece of this entire puzzle, right? Him and then Freeland shortly thereafter. If the Rockies have any hope of turning this thing around, it starts there. They have to be good. There's no way for them to, even if they went out and signed a great hitter and fixed their bullpen, right? Those are the the, the two things that I think are plausible, if not likely, certainly, I think what they intend to do, right, is get another bat probably in the outfield, help shore up that lineup, count a little bit on Chris Bryant returning, right, in their heads. Again, I'm projecting what I think the Rockies are thinking. Of course, you got to fix that bullpen, and I think there's a lot of ways to make movement there without spending too much money, and I'd really like to see them try to get clever in the bullpen a little bit. And I think you can do all that and turn the team around and have a competitive season next year, but only if Marquez and Freeland are good. And if Freeland is only good, okay good, and what he's been lately, which is basically a solid number three, then Marquez has to be really good. He needs to be a number one, number one. And this year, Marquez has been a four, right? A best. Lately, he's reminded us, and he did it this afternoon. That's ace stuff. But there's a reason around the league they don't talk about him as an ace because he's never been able to do it consistently. But if he does this a couple more times, we're going to have another offseason going, man, is Marquez ever going to put it all together and become that dude? You just, ah, (laughs) it's so tantalizing when he does stuff like this and you go, come on, man. It's a beautiful baseball game he pitched today. And he has that ability. And he'll still have that ability next year. So we'll have to learn and find out how much of it was mental, how much of it was mechanical, how much of it can be addressed and fixed through an offseason of clearing his head or getting with some different coaches or, or making an adjustment, whatever needs to be done. Marquez is the most important piece. Because if he's not good... The team can only do so much. The starting rotation absolutely limits their ability to go anywhere. If And they can't pitch like they have this year. All these guys with their ERAs in the fours at best can't do it. Can't win that way. And none of the rest of it will matter, as I was saying before. None of the lineup or the bullpen or any of that stuff. And so there's been some good signs. This was a good series, is the point that I'm trying to make. For the Rockies starting pitching both in the present and moving forward. Okay, there it is, Kyle. Quality start Kyle, right? I know he didn't get it, but that's what you need. Quality start Kyle. Quality start cool. You can can live with the regular quality starts or close to the five-inning quality start out of those guys. If Marquez is going to give you seven innings of no runs semi-regularly, And then you start having the conversations about where these wild cards fit in. Feltner, Gomber, if they are going to have Lambert or Rollison or 
Chris McMahon or Helcris Oliveras or Carl Kaufman or Riley Pint. Now, that's not a starter wild card. That's a bullpen wild card, but that's uh, those guys, Carl Croft, excuse me, Carl Kaufman and Riley Pint just got promoted to AAA, right? And have interesting pedigree, both as former first round picks. A lot of interesting potential there, but we really, really don't know. And we're still a, a couple of years away before Gabriel Hughes or or any of that class. But I think they're going to have to go in the offseason and get somebody. I suspect they'll try to get another Chad Cool type, and that'll be frustrating and disappointing because it's got to be better than that. Like, if they... Again, I'm one of the very few people that's willing to sit and listen to them make the argument that they can retool their team and be good in the next couple of years. And here's how they're going to try to do it. And then I go, okay, yeah, I, I can see how that would work out. But you've got to make sure you've got, you know, X, Y, and Z. And and the very first of X, Y, and Z is your starting rotation solidified. Coming into this year, I thought it was solid. They thought it was solid. There was every reason to believe it would be. Right? Just based on the career ERA pluses of all the people involved. But you have to take into account how far below their career numbers all of those guys have been this year. All of them. And you've got to take into account that Sensatella is not going to be ready to go for a couple of months into the season. And recognize that for this team to have any fighting chance, the starting pitching has to be their strength. That's how they were built. That's the entire ideology. And I know it sounds weird to people, especially that don't listen to or, or pay attention to the advanced metrics, but that was always the case. And if you're going to try to win people over, convince people, or forget any of that. You're just going to try to win baseball games. <laughs> how about that? Because that's how you do those other things. That's how you win people over. That's how you get the fans back and the media and all that stuff. You win baseball games. And you have to pitch way better than their starters have pitched this season. And so while I have never recommended that the Rockies go out and sign the big name free agent starting pitcher, and I still don't, and I haven't looked at the list yet, that comes later. But it can't be, well, we went out and got veteran so-and-so on another one-year deal. Like, bring back Chad Cool, and if it's cheap as dirt, bring back Jose Urania and throw him in AAA. Like, those guys, fine. Like, spend, like, get the bargain bin guys, too. Yes. Good. And in the bullpen, get an army of bargain bin guys. But you might have to spend a little bit of money on starting pitching. And I know it sucks and it's never a good investment and it's never, like, you're almost never going to get bang for your buck in a vacuum, right? You're never going to love the war per dollar that you get out of a free agent starting pitcher. But you got to try something. You got to find a guy, uh, a, a guy with some real potential, you know. And like I said, later I'll get into specific names and see if I can think of a few that might be in that kind of Goldilocks zone where you don't have to pay them so much money that it just destroys your ability to do anything else. Uh, and then they come here and they're a remarkable disappointment and it 
you know, cripples the ability to do anything with your roster for years to come. Like you don't, we, we've seen the Mike Hampton, Denny Nagel. You can't do that. You just can't do that. But you got to find something. You can't move forward forward with this starting rotation as it is. And if you go out and you sign a guy and he ends up being really good and then by some miracle of the baseball gods of the universe, all these guys end up panning out. Gomber has a huge bounce back. Senzatella comes back strong. Lambert and Rollison are both healthy and awesome. Feltner turns out to be a thing. There's no such thing as too much good starting pitching. You're going to need it for some of the depth, for when guys get hurt and or tired. But you're also then in a position, if that really were to happen, then you can start making some trades and fixing your bullpen and adding more bats and, and getting more competitive that way, right? In the unlikely scenario that everyone gets healthy and all the young guys blossom, Trade the guy you just signed, right? Whoever you bring in. Like the Angels just did with Noah Syndergaard. But they got to, I mean, they got to go get somebody here. Because if they don't, there's just like, there's just this big glaring hole in their entire philosophy. It can't be, oh, yeah, we're building our team around starting pitching, well, who are your starting pitchers? Herman Marquez, Kyle Freeland, both off of down years, and then a bunch of dudes. Like, that's that you can't. That's not going to work. <laughs> I'll, just put it th- I'll just put it that way. That's not going to work. Got to do better than that. So we'll see what happens. Watch this space. Thank you all for listening into this episode of the podcast. I do appreciate you. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at Drew Creaseman. You can always slide into my DMs to ask me about the Discord channel. Also, make sure you're checking out all the written content, milehighsports.com, and you're subscribing to all the other podcasts here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. Other than that, I can only ever ask that you continue to be absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.